And you're listening to episode two of uh, the Press Play Podcast. I can't believe we made it to two podcasts. I mean, with our attention span and drinking problems. <laughs> this is so true. <laughs> yeah. But here we are. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. It's uh, at Podcast Press Play. We are available on uh, Apple uh, podcasts were available on Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Whichever one of those that you're listening on, hey, congratulations! You you stuck with us for an entire week. That's right, and hopefully we're gonna have some more to come. And uh, today, oh, yeah. I'm really excited about. We definitely have a, a much more stable recording schedule than we did when we did the YouTube series because when we did YouTube, yeah. it was pretty much whenever our schedules aligned because we were all over the place. But this one, we really want to have a new episode out at least every Wednesday. Yeah, I'm glad that this uh, schedule is not going you know, to require a uh, mathematical algorithm. Exactly. So today, uh, like we said on the last podcast, we're going to talk about... Oh, I love this trilogy. Uh, Back to the Future. Oh, I, yes. It has been maybe three years since I sat down and watched all three of them. I did not go back and watch the films, but I did watch a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, reviews, uh, just really anything to jog my memory. And I know you sent me a, a pretty fascinating, uh, what was it, documentary? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the making-of documentary that was uh, released, I think, in the early 2000s. Um very, very informative and, and really gets you into the world and makes you appreciate the filmmaking behind the movies. Um, however, I did watch all three of them mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Okay. Back then, to back to back. Then let's let's start with you, but let's also start with Back to the Future 1. Yeah, yes. But I want to start with one, and we'll get into the uh, sequels. <sighs> no, right. no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> it, let, it, let, you let, say it like that, and it's like, you, Back to the Future. Back to the Future Part 2. Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. about how I would say them. That's about it. But, uh, yeah, the first one, I had so much fun watching this movie again. I hadn't watched it in about, I'd say, a good year or two. Right. And just, It's definitely a movie that, if I see it on, I'm dropping what I'm doing. No matter what point of the movie it's at, I don't actually. care, because I know, I know what's going on, I know what happened before, and I'm just going to, well, I had to go get groceries. Well, <laughs> screw groceries. I ain't got time for that. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the most encompassing thing I can say about this movie is that it is just it's so well paced it's so well made um, it's it's a masterpiece of modern uh, cinema oh yeah it's definitely been inducted into like the film society's you know we're gonna we're gonna hold on to this movie forever we're gonna yeah. make sure that that it's part of this of the history of cinema which it absolutely should be because like you said great pacing because at no point in the film does it drag no, not, Just not one, one single time. point. This the, the this movie's pacing and editing are perfect. Oh, absolutely. And you just they 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 wanted to, you know, come out I'm not getting into the sequels, but so that's a problem that uh 2 and 3 have is that there are points in the movie where they are kind of slow and yes. I lose interest. This is very true. I and uh in, I remember in the documentaries of Mechas is on record saying that the script was no fun to write. It was very very difficult for them to get it together and maybe and have it make sense. Um so I kind of get why the sequels are a little they're not as solid mm-hmm. um i just I, I, there's something about this movie that is it's it's a it's picture it's a picturesque example of storytelling through picture not to mention uh, showing without telling it, it does such a good job the first five minutes of this movie tell you everything you need to know about what's happening and the and it everything about the two main characters before any of them even say a word yeah 
And uh, that whole credit, the whole opening credit sequence, it lets you know of Doc's adventures. Lets you know that, about him. Yep, that his adventures are impractical. His, this guy might be a little crazy. And it lets you know about Marty. He just wants to. He, he's a, he's you know he's a teenager. He just wants to rock and you know have a good time, skateboard or whatever. Yeah, but it shows you that he knows how to play guitar. It shows you that he knows how to ride a skateboard really well. And those are all that. All of that is so important to his uh, to the action sequences and what happens with this character. And speaking of uh, Marty, like just like if if you've ever seen any of the deleted footage where they filmed half the movie with Eric Stoltz. It yeah. is a it is a completely different movie because he is kind of dry, kind of boring. But when they got Michael J. Fox to step in, he he is Marty McFly. Like, oh, absolutely! I, I see him all That's over the place. That's who they wanted first. He just couldn't do it because the family dies. Yeah, but he just he sells every single line of dialogue, he, every scene he's in with his facial expressions. Because even in the in the documentary, they they mentioned that uh, you know he's. What's great about Marty's character is he does nothing but react to the situations that he's in because, yeah, he is an 80s kid trapped in the 50s. That's what he's going yeah, to do. and you're seeing everything through his eyes. Absolutely. This perfect visual storytelling. Yeah, and just his, just his, uh, his, his reaction cues to everything that happens are just on point. Yeah. And that leads me to the next character, the other main character, Doc Brown, who honestly is my favorite character. Oh, he's mine, too. I love Doc Brown. Like he he his his expressions as well, just wide eyed, surprised at almost everything uh, when you see him back in the fifties. Because when you see him in the eighties, you know he he is excited, but he also kind of knows that this is going to work until it does, and then he's you know really right. awesome. But when you see him in the fifties, he does not he doesn't believe Marty. He's 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 completely like the, the strangers at my door. What the hell is going on? His reaction when you fir- when he first opens the door, he's got that giant thing on his head. <laughs> is is the it's, it's it's, perfect. It's the best. It's the best character intro almost ever on film. Is right there. You know exactly what he's about. Absolutely. Even though we've already seen the character, but he's older. When you see younger Doc Brown, you know, like I get this character, and I know exactly what he's going to be about. Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing. Uh, what else? Uh, I, I, it's just, the the script is so tight. Not to mention, you know, just top-notch acting from everybody else. Like, especially, like, I think probably this, maybe the second or third best acted part is George McFly. Because Crispin Glover Glover brought, he he brought it to this role. And it's just amazing. Like, he, he is George McFly because he's, he's, he's skinny, he's dorky, he's timid. And it's just amazing watching him just get the crap, just get have life shit on him throughout the entire movie. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but you feel bad for this guy. Yeah, and and uh, there's some there's also some parts upon a you know a rewatch, all subsequent watches. You know how you notice things that you mm-hmm. never noticed before, especially watching this again as an adult. Because I watched it most when I was a kid, but watching it again as an adult, the whole the opening sequence where Marty's having dinner with his family. And you see just how sad Lorraine is and how out of touch that George is. Yeah. And they mention during the first opening parts of the movie, they mention uh, what Biff does to her twice. When Biff says, say hey to your mom for me. Mm -hmm. And when she mentions, when she's talking about girls don't call boys and girls don't chase after boys and girls certainly never sit in parked cars with boys. That still happened. But George stood by. I did not... 
think that. That is fascinating. Because, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it now, she's sitting at the dinner table, and there's almost like a, a, a remorse yeah. and a guilt and definitely somebody who's a trauma when she's saying, like, she, I never sat in a parked car with a boy or whatever. Like, she's just so against uh, yeah, dating. Yeah, because of what happened to her. Yeah, that is fascinating. And also a little bit depressing. It is. It is, actually. But uh, it just shows the, the depth of uh, and, and, and just intelligence of all this script writing mm-hmm. that uh, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis did. And having Spielberg as a consultant actually didn't help. Or it didn't hurt, rather. It did not hurt at all. It didn't hurt at all. I don't think this movie would have got made without him. It actually, this is, if you watch all of uh, Zemeckis' other films, this, uh, for the longest time, I didn't really even realize it until I was like a sophomore or whatever in high school, that Spielberg didn't direct these movies. Yeah, he was just the executive producer. Yeah. But you can tell how much input that he had and how, how valued his opinion was because of just the way the movie looks and... How oh, yeah. the movie feels, the soundtrack. Oh my god, the soundtrack in this film. The soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> it's it's actually the same with uh, Indiana Jones because Spielberg didn't direct that either. But he was have you could tell he had no quite, Spielberg did direct that. Oh, it was Lucas that was a consultant. Okay, I I had that completely flipped around because yeah, it definitely shows that he was involved very heavily in this movie, especially with one thing I do love about uh, Spielberg movies, even if he's not directing, is just the fact that he has a vision for it and he's going to let you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's clear from the get go. The, the, the tone is established immediately in this movie. Yeah. And that's very Spielberg esque. Just, 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 just go back to that uh, first five minutes. Very Spielberg. Oh yeah. If it, yeah. That had his, that had his DNA all over it. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you say with the soundtrack, uh, I love uh, like this, this is, I think the only movie, because I can't think of any songs from the other two, is you hear Power of Love, you immediately think Back to the Future. You oh, can't not. You can't not. No, that that is that movie. Yeah. you could, that, song, you, that, that song belongs to that movie and no one else. Yeah. And maybe, Sorry, Huey Lewis. Maybe, ba- maybe Back in Time, but not as much as Power of Love. No, no. Power it's, of Love is the Back to the Future song. And I know Chuck Berry wrote Johnny Be Good, <laughs> but I don't care because Marty McFly did it first. That's right. Marty invented rock and roll. <laughs> Which is so ridiculous. It uh, is. What, another, another character that a lot of people overlook because it's really not a character, but to be it is, that's the DeLorean. Oh, it absolutely is a character. Yeah, because you don't, ha- you don't have this movie without a DeLorean. You, yeah. you know what? It has you, its own quirks. It, it has is a yeah, character. You, it's it's it, not reliable. It's exactly like how the Millennium Falcon is a character. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, it's not reliable. It is, you know, it's it's heavily uh, involved in the film. And when, you know, something goes wrong, it's always, you know, you, 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 like uh, at the very end, he, he can't get it to start, hits it, just like the Millennium Falcon. Can't yeah, get it, it to start, hit it. Hit it and it starts. Yeah. Okay. Now we get into part two. Back to the Future, part two. Yeah. Sorry, my hands were in my face. I got. I can't say. I can't. All right. This film. It's. I'm going to say this. This film started out with great promise. Yes, it did. But w- the problem it ran into was they weren't planning a sequel. The yeah, way that movie it was ended, rushed writing. Well, the way that movie, the first one ended, that that wasn't supposed to be the beginning of a sequel. They wrote themselves into a corner. And then oh, yeah. Zemeckis also said in that interview that with with sequels, you want to give people not something too different yet, not something that's not the same enough, and people get mad about that. And that's that's a very bad way to write a sequel. 
It is. To go with fan expectations. Star yeah. Wars fans. Well, he, he he even said, he's like, if if we knew we were going to make a sequel, there's no way in hell we would have put Jennifer in that car. Exactly. And, and dude, I was going to bring that up because they in, there's, a, there's dialogue that Marty says when he asked Doc, why did you bring Jennifer? Because I'm wondering the same thing. Freaking thing. Yeah. And it, what is the first thing they do when they get to 2015? They dump they her. They dump her. They knock her out and they dump her. When he erases her memory, why did you do that in the driveway? She didn't have to be I, there at she all. She did not. No. So, oh my God, this movie is just... it. it yeah. that's But like I said, it, it started out well. And here's where my problem with the movie is. I love the first... 30 minutes of this movie because I wanted to see what 2015 the they were going to give us. The future part was very fun. It's it was. when they start to retread the first movie that I completely lose interest in this film. Exactly. If Back to the Future Part 2 is on and it's it's just starting, I will watch it right up until they go back to 1955. Because I like seeing 2015 uh, Hill Valley. I love it. It's so... It's, co- it's colorful. It's futuristic. It's awesome. And, you know, you get to see inside Marty's house and, you know, there's a certain point in his life where things went off the rails and maybe they'll dive into that and Marty will get some kind of, you know, insight as to what went wrong. Yeah, no, imagine imagine no. if, if they, they learned that they it was okay to interact with their future selves and they learn about each other. But and, then there's that whole paradox bullcrap that. That, that, yeah, that's, that's another thing is like there are, there's uh one of two things that's going to happen if you run into your future self. One, the universe is just going to explode, or nothing. So, which is it? Uh, it's apparently nothing, because Jennifer ran into her future self and nothing happened. So let's maybe get some ins- insight, or sneak around like Marty was doing in 1955, sneak around events, and maybe see why your life is so god-awful. Yeah, absolutely, and then change that about yourself. Yeah, or... But, but you, because in order to make that... The whole trope work where he gets fired right. because he's doing something stupid. You know, the, the the guy calls him a chicken. That was never, ever, ever a character trait in the first movie. Ever. No. It was brought up in the second one out of BF nowhere. And I'm I, I'm sorry, but I don't agree with this motive. It's it's shoehorned in. It's contrived. And I think it just throws it's, – it's, it's out of character, actually. It absolutely is. What also makes absolutely no sense – is you shouldn't if you're Doc Brown, you have this future knowledge of Marty's kids. Why didn't you just go back three days? Mar- old Marty McFly still knows who you are. He even said at the end of the first movie, "Look me up." Yeah. Why not he- go back three days and have his father, his real father, not his teenage son father, deal with this? It makes. I think that would have been a better movie. It would have been a better movie. I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever. Also, and it, 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 the sequences are lazy because they are. We we go we get into uh, him waking up in the future and his mom. They do the whole mom thing again, where she's you've been asleep for so many hours. This is back in. Uh, oh my god, I'm really here. I was like, come on, we just did this. Is this back in Biff's 1985? Yeah, yeah. That and they do it again in the third movie. And they do by it the in way. the third movie, and it's not even his mom. Stop, re- stop repeating. But yeah, we'll and, talk and, about that. And we get the skateboard scene again. It's the again. same scene. Yeah, and I the first one was such a classic because how well it was shot, the music that was behind it, the the the, the outsider being in a new time and trying to figure out his way through the town while of. Uh, avoiding these bullies it's you did you gave us the same thing 
You know, you don't. And it lost. It lost all its weight. Absolutely, it did. The only cool thing that it did was make people want hoverboards and start complaining about the fact that we don't have them. Guess yeah. what, people? We're not getting them. Get over it. But and yeah, I also question uh, Biff. Would he? Would that character really have become that? See, I understand, and I know exactly where you're going with this, because the Biff that we saw in 2015, uh, that was the the 1985 where he's like a car detailman or something, and he's 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 spineless and whatever, but he yeah, goes back he, to... Yeah, because he was a bully that got stood up to, and then after that, he became that. So, But what they gave us was 2015 Biff that was basically 1955 Biff that didn't have that. He was. He just went back to being no, a bully again. No, that's the thing. It still happened. It did George still happen. George still knocked him out, and, and he it just didn't went back do to being, anything. I just mean, because he got a sports almanac. I exactly. Yeah, th- that's another thing. Like, yeah, okay. So you're telling me that Biff gets all this money. Yeah, he's a bully. But when did he evolve into cold blooded murder? Yeah, I know. That makes the, no sense. The whole sense. thing about him wanting to marry Lorraine and whatever that that's, that was never his motivation. He was a, he was a, just a creep. Yeah. All he wanted to do was sleep with her, no matter if she said no or not. But in the second one, you get Biff in 1955 chasing Lorraine like, it's me and you, Lorraine, we're meant to be. Since when? Yeah. When did that start? All you've ever shown is that you've wanted a boner. That's it. That's all. That's that's them trying to shoehorn in in the first movie. I don't agree with adding it, going through the whole... The whole third part of this movie is so boring to me. It is so boring because I've already seen this. You're just showing us exactly what we saw just from a different angle. Yeah. Which I don't need. I saw I the first one. I love it. <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah. All right. But yeah, it's a, Back in the Future, it was our two was one of the ones I watched the most when I was a kid because it was so bright and colorful and mm-hmm. it was, you know, but I don't know. It I don't think it ages very well. It really doesn't, especially because, you know, the people are younger. People are starting to appreciate Back to the Future more and more, and I feel like they're starting to see as they get older just that Back to the Future Two is not good. Like I, I I'm with you. Back to the Future Two, I watched a lot when yeah, I was younger. I did. I was like 15, 16. I watched it a lot, but as I got older, I'm like, I this movie is not as good as I remember. No, and it really, especially when I watched them back to back, the 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 flaws and the recycled stuff that they used became so much more apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't watching that movie felt like I just had to get through it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Like I, if I have the option, like if I, if I went out and bought the trilogy, I would probably just skip it. Yeah. I'd watch back to the future one and three. I, I, I have and no I, desire. I've got my own issues with three. Um, well, let's, well, let's go, let's go then. Three, I think is, while not a bad movie, it's just not exciting. To me, Back to the Future Part 3 is what Back to the Future 1 is what a sequel should be for that franchise because you have a time machine. You can tell Go us anywhere. you can tell us any story you want. And the fact they went to the old west, I appreciate that they actually did that instead of staying where they went in the second movie and just going right back to I mean, fifty. No, I, I appreciate that they made it a western. I love I love westerns. Absolutely, um, and but it's 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 a sci fi western, which makes it doubly cool. Yeah, it's just that the the execution of the screenplay it doesn't feel like any of the other movies at all, and no. that's what you what you want to maintain with a trilogy is the feel of the thing. 
Right, and I, I, I kind of agree with you because the the, the Western Marty. This is not Back to the Future One Marty. Like I know he's he's been no, it's he's, still he's, Back to the Future Two Marty. It's been, yeah, but he's been on it. He's yeah, he's been on two adventures now. But he's he's not like freaking out like he did in one or even at the beginning of two. Yeah, he's just like okay, we're in the West now. Right on. Like there's no sense of wonder or or. Maybe he, he he doesn't feel like he's in any danger, except maybe when uh, uh, Mad Dog is shooting at him. But that's it. And Every, even then everything he goes, else he just takes in stride. Yeah, I mean. everything else he just takes in stride. Like no, th- you're 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 a hundred years out of your out of place. Which, Act which, like it. Yeah, which goes to you know he reacted well in the first one. Mm-hmm. The reactions in the third one are just not up to par with it. Absolutely not. And I understand that Doc has been there a good amount of time before him, but I I don't know. Like Doc Brown in the West didn't really sell me 100%, but I still enjoyed like when he had that giant refrigerator. I enjoyed seeing uh, a 20th century scientist oh, back yeah. in the old West. That was fun. But my biggest problem is so you take the 1955 DeLorean or 1985 DeLorean back to the old west after Doc Brown fixes it in 55 and you run out of gas or the fuel line rips there is a second DeLorean in 1885 and it's the one that Doc hid for Marty to find where's the gas in that one did you take why it out why didn't they go get that one that's right and he he blew the fuel injector manifold why didn't you just go get that one and have Doc Brown in 55 replace it so, I don't know. Yeah, there's a whole time travel, and now my eyes are crossed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like that. It hurts to ask questions to a movie that's like 25, 30 years yeah. old. And and I also want people to understand too that we are not hating on on either sequel. I, I they have a no. special place in both of our hearts. No, it's 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 one of the greatest trilogies in cinema. Don't get us twisted. We it's just, just certain, have issues. Certain elements of these films just don't live. You know they they don't age well. They they you 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 go back and you look at it again and you 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 notice things that are you know there's there's things that are dated things and there's that are, things that are yeah. products of their time and there's, things there's, that you your opinions change based on you know your age like you yeah. loved something and then you got older like what that's that's not as cool as I remember like I was a I was a wide eyed. Uh, teenager when I saw uh, Back to the Future 2 a thousand times, but yeah. now I see it like, I, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, because I don't remember being bored when I was a kid watching the third one. As an adult, I was. And I... Yeah, there are definitely a few parts where it where it does drag, like uh, when, you know, Doc is just sitting... Whenever Doc is hanging out with... What is her name? Mary? Clara. Clara. Oh, Mary Steenburgen, that's her name. Yeah. Uh, when she when he's hanging out with Clara, it's just it. I know it's serving a purpose of of telling you that Doc is falling in love, but it bores me to tears. It does because they're just sitting there with a telescope talking about Jules Verne. Like I don't. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we continue with the movie, please? Yeah. Can we get back to uh, Marty and Doc because that's really the only time that this movie shines is when they're together. Yeah. That's those, that's the heart of the film. Yeah, it's those oh. two. Uh, I, I I don't really know where else to go with Back to the Future Three. Like everything else, I love. I love like the one of the best parts of this entire trilogy is the train sequence. The train sequence is amazing. Yeah, it's 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 great cinematography. You'll never take that away from me. I love it one hundred percent. I do. I I I never hated 
uh, the, the very end of the film where Doc builds a, ti- a time machine train. I thought that was cool. It was a great way to end the. Fr- it was silly. Great way to yep. end the franchise. Like, all right, and, we're and done. It was something that he would do. Absolutely, it was. So we, I, I love that. I love the ZZ Top cameo, which is <laughs> yeah, hilarious. That was great. <laughs> if you don't know, they're the band uh, at the at the ball or whatever when Clara or Clara and Doc are dancing. Yeah, that's ZZ Top. <laughs> it took me. Ten years to know that because I got. The, <laughs> I didn't know that when I was. I got a kid the either. I got the box set uh, a long time ago, and they have this wonderful feature where, out of nowhere, it'll just tell you a fact about the movie or whatever, and yeah. it's so informative. It just gives you behind the scenes, but it doesn't stop the movie. It just puts it on screen like a subtitle. If you don't have the trilogy, I would definitely recommend doing that and watching it with them on. It's so much fun. But yeah, Back to the Future three and two, they definitely uh, they're de- they're good movies. They're just not great. Yeah, they're 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 just very flawed. Yes. Uh, products of, of, I would say, the Hollywood capitalist uh, agenda. We just got to make more money. Yeah. And I, they I pushed it. I mean, not to say that they, they weren't passionate about what they were doing and that, and that wonderful, talented people didn't work on these films because they absolutely did. It's just they, they, they wrote kinda, themselves they into a corner. The yeah. the they, they wrote themselves into a corner with one. And maybe, maybe one day. I'll grow to appreciate Back to the Future too, but it ain't going to be anytime soon. I'll no, tell you that right now. Not not like I used to. No. Um. I I, I really appreciate. No no one can ever take away this uh, franchise's impact on film. Not to mention, uh, I I love that not once that I can remember in the last fifteen years has anybody ever even suggested that they do another one. No, the other one was the game that they made. Remember the Telltale I game? I do remember the Telltale game. I didn't play that it. That was supposed to be the sequel, and that was all they were ever going to do. Which is fine, because I know that you know I, Michael J. Fox cannot do it. No, he uh, can't. Christopher Lloyd probably can't do it. Don't reboot it. It will never work. Everyone on the planet's going to scream foul, and I love that not in the last 15... He might have been able to do it 15 years ago. Maybe. He still had Parkinson's, but you know he might have been able to... Might have been able to do it. Today he can't. Today I've he seen can't. him in recent interviews. It's, 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 it's hard to watch. It's, it's heartbreaking. It really is. But I just love that they knew that it was over, and they're like, we're just going to leave it here in its place in history, and yeah. we're not going to... We're not going to matrix this thing and make a fourth one. Exactly. Looking at you, Lana! Right at you. Yeah. If you if you don't know, if you didn't catch our nerd news, yeah, they're making a Matrix Four. <sighs> Go listen to that if you want to hear our uh, opinion. Yeah, it's is was it an opinion or was it an ass reaming? I don't know. Uh, I get stern talking to. Fair enough. So we actually don't know which. Uh, films we're going to be discussing in the next one, but you can actually help us with that if you head over to our Facebook page, which is Facebook at Podcast Press Play. We have a poll up right now, uh, and it ends in, what, six days? It ends, uh, yeah, it ends the Monday before we record. Okay, so you have a a choice with what we talk about. We can talk about uh, Indiana Jones... Or the Star Wars prequels. Now, I have, a, I have a question. If we're talking about Indiana Jones, are we going to talk about all four? Because that could be a good 45-minute podcast, which I'm fine with. I think with we... With so could the prequels. I don't, I don't think that we can leave out... The Crystal Kingdom Skull. The Crystal Skull, because it's such a... The, the first was such a benchmark, and, and the way to... We'll get into that. Okay. So there's your two choices. Uh, go vote, and we will see you guys next Wednesday. This has been... The Press Play Podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Seth. See you later. See you next time.